This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, this is Mark Rico, producer of Beauty Is Your Business. Every so often, we love to look back at past conversations that really struck a chord. One of those wonderful moments was the story behind Costa Brazil with guest Francisco Costa, who took his vast experience in the fashion industry and applied what he knew to the beauty industry, building on the foundation of inspiration. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. But for now, enjoy this amazing conversation. Hello, I'm Francisco Costa. I'm the founder of Costa Brazil. And uh, what I realized that I like about beauty is that the spirit of beauty really is, it's so ingrained to the health of the planet, you know, and uh, it was almost like a quest, you know, finding really what meant to me beauty today, you know. So I think that that's a space that hasn't been really touched by a luxury brand. And that's what we're here. That's what we stand for. You know, we are beauty. They are very, you know, connected to the body and body in nature. You're about to take a journey into the Amazon with one of the most prolific fashion designers of recent memory. He takes us beyond the glitzy runways into a place that gave him inspiration for his newest creation, a beauty brand. You'll witness the entire creative process of how he conceived and developed a unique skincare and fragrance company that has an exotic ingredient that's food for your skin. And while most indie brand founders start with a product and build from there, you'll discover how he did the opposite, starting with inspiration. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Welcome back to Beauty Is Your Business. Um, we are here today with Francisco Costa. Hello. And my wonderful co-host, April Franzino. Hi. Hi, April. So we're so excited to have you here today. You know, you are an iconic um, name in the fashion industry, winning multiple awards for the work you've done at Calvin Klein. What inspired you to start a beauty brand? And what opportunity do you see that's not being done that you think needs to be done, done differently in luxury? Well, thank you. I, I think I'm very lucky because I've been in the business, uh, on the fashion business for almost 30 years. Calvin Klein was the last 14th, and I really instinctively felt that something was up. And because I was always very much ingrained on somebody else's vision, mm-hmm. although Calvin's vision was very much, you know, my vision for the last 14 years, you know, I felt that something else I could give the world. I felt like there was something else that I could really um, be happier doing, perhaps have a more authentic voice. Uh, with that being said, the year prior uh, leaving uh, the company, Calvin Klein, I had already had my brand book. And it was really lush. It was really beautiful. Very much, um, very designed, right? It was very uh, 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 deliberately, very precise, very minimal, very uh, uh, gorgeous to look at. And, uh, and design was really the, the, the equation there. But I didn't know what somewhat, you know, to translate that into a beauty business, you know, and that's how it all begins, you know, and that's the, the fun of it. So I was just very inspired, you know, Manzoni was one of the artists that I always looked as reference and he created in his 50s and 60s, you know, a, a collection of products that he used to call Merdartiste, which is like, you know, basically, you know, um, artist shit (laughs) (laughs) and there was a series of cans you know so the product the 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 design was very beautiful it was very very gorgeous this is you know this is to me really you know it's a wellness it's a vitamin shop it's it's a beauty something it was it felt very relatable you know to my world to my lifestyle and things that i loved 
So with that being said, I started working on it. And um, I took a, um, then I was obviously, you know, a year prior leaving, I already had a book, but I couldn't work on anything because I was just super busy. Um, and uh, right after I was let go from the company, I said, okay, this is the time. And I started the process very slowly. How exactly did the process go? Where did, where did you start when you said, okay, this might be a beauty, something related to beauty? How did you go from the book and the concept and the inspiration to the actual product? I mean, the vessels were very delicious, you know, so it, it really touched me. And it touches everyone that sees it because, number one, it's very tactile. You know, it feels, it plays with highs and lows. You know, the containers that he designed once were just magnificently beautiful, almost like, you know, objects of desire, you know. And uh, so that was very established. And the, the most challenging part now was, okay, you know, what's the goop? What is the story? I created a, a, a merchandising plan, you know, an imaginary merchandising plan. It was really beautiful. It was very much... Uh, it was a wellness brand, you know, you had, you, you had your bath rituals, your bath rituals, you had your skin rituals, you had your breathe rituals, you had all those rituals within, and uh, also we had, you know, great, you know, um, hospitality things going through that, you know, uh, the whole wellness vibe with the great oils and, you know, the spas, it was all very much part of the whole story. Funny enough is that as I was uh, traveling, you know, through Europe and I was doing a lot of research in terms of labs, I have zero idea. People, I would knock the doors. People wouldn't answer because who is this guy? You know, what I mean? no one comes to the beauty business like that, you know, <laughs> asking crazy questions and wanting this, this and that without, without even having like a technical sheet of the product. <laughs> so I think I kind of break a lot of rules. You know, I kind of was very like reluctant uh, trying to understand and all, all of that was very to me it was very important because no I, I know so much and now I, 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 I am able to you know say yes no and to see okay I want to work with this people I don't want to work with this people so it was very learning the whole the whole process but I did uh, I did go Europe you know France Switzerland you know engaged in many many meetings in, in California and in the West Coast also here in the East Coast. This is, you know, uh, just, just so so much to offer till I really realized I wasn't finding the core of what the brand was supposed to be. And the brand was supposed to be about pure ingredients, you know, ingredients that were challenging, that hadn't been seen, because that's how I always do. I treated it like I was treating a collection, mm -hmm. you know. You want the newness. You want something that's really exciting that makes you – one one wanted right i mean so it was very much that mindset you know also f with a great beauty foundation attached to it which was the packaging and what have you so i i was working at the time at uh this was like june i was i was working with the special olympics uh i was doing the opening ceremony for the special olympics and it was in brazil and I took like, uh, you know, two months off and I just dedicated myself, you know, to do that, which was really wonderful. And then friends of mine were planning this trip into the Amazon. You know, it was a very fancy trip. You know, there was a gigantic boat with cooks and this and that. But because the whole process started to become very, you know, the whole thing was done with very low budget. Um, the Olympics, the second Olympics, the Special Olympics. Uh, we had to cancel the trip because nothing was done properly, so we became a little heated. Um, and I called the agents. I'm very sorry, canceled, but I still want to go somewhere. Send me anywhere you want. I want to be in the jungle. I want to be completely remote. And San Francisco, there is a festival in this area of Brazil called Acre, which is a state that nobody talks about, that nobody knows that exists in Brazil. Um, and it's the furthest west state into the Amazon. Uh, and then there's this community, this incredible indigenous community called the Waiwanawas. Um, later, I, I found out that actually Aveda had done a collaboration with the tribe. And on YouTube, you'll find many, many videos from many people who have 
you know, visited the tribe, including Hurricane Phoenix and what have you. So I blindly accepted, okay, I'm going. You know, I packed my bag, you know, my backpack, you know, with a couple of bowls of water, totally like crazy, <laughs> you know, and tons of, you know, protein bars and what have you, because I didn't know what to expect. And I went to the jungle. I, uh, I spent, uh, the trip was 10 days. Uh, uh, after we we flew into this town called Cruzeiro do Sul, from there we drove five hours into the deep jungle, and there we took canoes, uh, six and a half hours, six and a half hours on a canoe ride into this river until we found the first community, and I was staying in the third community. Wow, there are eleven yeah, communities wow. within this river called the Gregorius River, and. Uh, I was just like, oh, my God. You know, You're totally this, this off the is, grid. This is really scary. <laughs> you know, and I had a photographer with me, and I, I, I didn't know anyone. You know, there was the guide. Uh, there was, uh, you know, this photographer uh, um, also does film and what have you. And, um, and this anthropologist that I didn't know. So we were little four people. Um, nobody knew each other. And uh, it was this crazy, amazing journey, you know, very, very, very difficult uh, at first, you know. And, uh, and conceptually, the idea was really, number one, I had been working for so long in the fashion industry. I needed something that was challenged me, that took me away from everything, and, uh, and that just did what I needed. Um, but also to understand, you know, the way people live you know, what the jungle smells like, you know, what the Amazon smells like, how, how, how dense it is, you know, how do they live? How do they fish? So it was a tremendous opportunity. You know, I got to be part of many of the, their rituals. For instance, there's a ritual of the fishing, which was just so magical. One evening, you know, first of all, people are very courteous, you know, the male and the female. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like a fan, you know. That's how they, they relate to each other. It's beautiful, you know, everything that they do. It's never, never, it's always very courteous. It's very beautiful. It's like this movement. So uh, it's almost like a dance. And uh, in the evening, there was this dance, you know, uh, and the men were supposed to get, the fishing uh, uh, day was the next morning. So this was an event to prepare for the fishing. So, uh, the, the, the men's are here, the women's are here, we did this dance. So the women ties in every male they find interesting or whatever, you know, a little bracelet. And then the amount of bracelets that you get is the amount of fish you have to bring over. <laughs> oh my. So I got three. I said, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm in the jungle, how we're going to fish, right? So five in the morning, we'll get up after the, the, the evening. And uh, I go to the forest with the male, all the guys. And then we start chopping this one type of leaf, this particular thing. We bring bunches of it, you know, like into, into, the, uh, into the tribe. And then we're starting to chop that and make that into this pesto, this green mud, you know. And, um, and this green mud was transported into every canoe. There was probably 50 canoes, you know, there's a lot of people. And, uh, and then we start tossing that into the river. It so happens that the, that the river at that time of the year is very shallow. And it's not the Amazon River. It's like one little branch, you know. From, and, and, and all automatically the fish was popping up, hmm. you know, obviously for the lack of oxygen, which that herb, you know, provided. So that was how they fish it with, with the spears. And um, so it was like magical. So we go back to the tribe. All the fish had been split in pieces, and every male got the amount of bracelets that they uh, had anticipated. So it's a lovely thing, right? Because the community here again, working as a community, you know, though we all there, you know, struggling and catch, you know, and catching, catching this fish and what have you. But at the end, much to my surprise, everything was split, hmm. you know. So the anxiety, it wasn't, I was the only one who had anxiety. So they didn't know <laughs> how to get the fish. They all were, they were cool. They all having right. fun. It was like... leisure for them <laughs> to be able to bring the fish because it was hmm. a gift to their women. 
So that's just a lovely thing. So there were experiences like that. They were really, really, really magical. And I didn't know, though I felt the angst of being there so alone and not understanding, you know, or perhaps, you know, being so frank to, to, to grab it, you know, every single thing and try to, oh, imagine this or translate this into something. Those things weren't happening, you know, and the hindsight, they happened much later. So um, I, uh, on my last uh, um, day of my trip, again, not my last, the day before I was supposed to leave, I decided to leave on my own. I said, guys, I'm leaving. <laughs> but you can't leave because everything is organized. You know, for the seventh day, you have a canoe that's going to pick you up, take you to the next village, the next village, somebody was going to take you to the next village, I mean, the next tribe, and then you arrive at this place. You know, everything was organized that way. And I said, no, I want to do just the opposite. I just want to go. I want to have another experience. So I go to the banks of the river, and luckily enough, there was a canoe passing by with a pregnant so let me just get this straight. You hitchhiked in the Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just, just had to make oh sure. Because I think you're so – the way you describe things, and it's so interesting to hear – you know, we hear so many different entrepreneurs talk about their creative process and, like, everything I'm hearing from you. I, like, I have this visual running through my head. Yeah, I feel like so, I'm watching a movie. Yeah, yeah. but you know what it about... is? I felt like uh, – <laughs> you know, there's so many great things about the trip, and, and I, I, it would take, like, five hours to tell you. But I felt like I understood a little bit what what was the dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I felt like I needed to push to the next level. Maybe there would be another surprise. So I hitchhiked. I basically hitchhiked. You know, I got in this canoe. I arrived at the place where we're supposed to get the canoes, what have you, which was like six and a half hours into the river. And I get there. There was this truck. I mean, this is a place that there's nobody, you know. And there was a truck there doing something, and I hitchhiked again into town. <laughs> so it was just the most incredible experience, being able to be really on your own, not knowing. I could have been eaten by, you know, a gigantic whatever, you know, on this river. And uh, and the adrenaline was just so incredible. Uh, but there was a really magical moment. The minute I left the tribe, I started crying. And I cried, and I cried, and I cried for about three hours. I don't remember. I, I don't remember crying for fifteen <laughs> seconds. You know, I cried for three hours nonstop. So something happened. You know, something happened. It was just just let go. You know, this incredible, uh, you know, openness. You know, and kindness towards what I had just experienced. You know, and uh, and uh, and I was able to understand. But going back to beauty, um, I pleasantly so was encountered this one resin. Um, they do rituals every all the day, all day, all night, all you know what have you. Because uh, I was at the moment that they were celebrating their culture at its most, because they ha- have gotten back a lot of their land. So they felt like the last five years, you know, they would really provide people with the experience to come and see what they were about culturally. So that's how I managed to go. And, uh, and they burned this, 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 this amazing scent. I didn't know what it was. Amazing scent, you know, throughout the whole day. Gorgeous and all night. And uh, one evening, there was one ritual happening next to my oka, next to my hut. You know, and then I saw closely that they were putting those rocks into this into the wood fire, and then I, and I was curious, what is this? I identified it was the same same scent that I had felt many times, and it was the breo, and um, so I asked if I could bring it with me, you know, and uh, and he did exchange things, you know, left things, then they gave me things, basically everything that I brought, I left. You know, uh, because it really is like that. You know, it's a it's a courtship, but it's also an exchange. Um, and I brought the Braille with me. You know, and I thought, my God, this is so beautiful. Not knowing that there were so many attributes to that resin. You know, it's um, in fact after all the research we did, there are about forty different types of that resin in that region alone. You know, and it's called Braille. Uh, 
if you capture that early in the morning, it's a white, pulpy, and it's almost like a gelatin, and it smells like a woman. Let's put it that way. It's mm-hmm. very gentle. It's gorgeous. You know, it's floral. And if you capture later, uh, once it oxidizes, you know, with, with the air, of course, it just hardens it. It becomes darker. So the scent are very different from one to the other. So um, I brought the two rocks, which I came to understand later, and then we sent to a lab. And, of course, it's... Mosquito repellent, and that's why they burn it all the time. Oh, cool. Right? Wow. And it smells nice, too. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's mosquito repellent. You know, it's, it's uh, antimicrobial. It's bacterial. You know, and also the reason that they, they burn it is because they believe that would activate your sixth chakra. And uh, so it's like a Palo Santo thing, hmm. right? That, you know, it just makes things calm, you know, the bad spirits are away. So all those those good things that we that we believe, you know, in deep of our hearts. So that was like a really tremendous experience, you know, uh, coming back from there. And I somewhat came uh with the certainty that I had to dig it even further and this was the core of the brand. You know, there was no lab that was gonna give me that. Mm-hmm. You know, so with that being said, I took all the trips uh, into different parts of the Amazon because the Amazon, imagine, is, is you know, it's the United States above the, it's, it's Canada, amazing, right? right? From east to west, it's enormous and uh, there's so much to explore. So I took further trips uh, into Belém, which is the well known, it's the state of Pará. Uh, it's very, very, very north of Brazil the tip of the Amazon, and it's known as the port of all of the goods that comes from the Amazon. So there um, uh, I got to visit it with the CEO of IFF, mm-hmm. uh, who was a very dear friend of mine, you know, Nicholas Mirians, who actually helped me engage on this trip. So this was a much more formalized trip. It was much more directed into... Um, into a deeper understanding of how those communities actually um, do business, you know. And also with another company in Brazil, they actually provided us with the the whole um, itinerary for the trip and what have you, helped us organize a very large Brazilian company called Natura. Um, they were very, very generous you know, to oh, give... Oh, the Natura, the um, cosmetics company. Yes, yeah. they were very generous to give me this opportunity to go and see all of their uh, chain supply. Mm-hmm. So what we did there, we visited all the communities, you know, the indigenous communities, but also the Hibadinos, which Hibadinos are basically, you know, the people uh, mixed, of mixed race, who once was, you know, in the jungle working for farmers and this and that, you know, and mixed with the Indians. So it's like a multicultural, you know, um, uh, race, let's put it that way. And uh, and they're the ones who are actually, you know, doing the work in the jungle, in, in the jungle, into the Amazon and, and doing all those great things. So it was really fascinating, you know, getting the, the two sides. And from there, you know, I, um, I identified this one... Uh, indigenous Brazilian tree called Sapucaia. And Sapucaia, it was uh, very, uh, uh, it was very prolific, prolific, no, it was, it was very well liked in the 19th century. So when the, the Portuguese family, uh, royal family, arrived in Brazil, they fell in love with this tree. And they mass planted it in several different locations throughout the Northeast where they had their houses built. And uh, but it's an it's an Amazonian tree. It's mm-hmm. a tree from the Amazon, and I challenge it because it's so beautiful. You know, it's also it's a habitat. This tree is so big, and it's so pink, and also it's the habitat of many other trees within. So there's this several species that that live in this tree, and they live this incredible, you know, uh, um, ecosystem. You know, this tree is just like it's insane. Because it has all these bromelias that grow out of them, you know, so it's very funny. But it produces this gorgeous, almost prehistorical coconut-like. Um, and once it's 
you know, uh, once it's ripe, the tip of uh, the top of the cap of this one large structure, I call it the, the coconut-like, it pops out, and then the birds love it, you know, the monkeys love it, and it's actually known as the monkey pot. Um, and I says, this is very interesting because it really is something that everybody, the whole, you know, they, they, they love it. The animals love it. Why? This should be really good. Mm -hmm. So we decided to, uh, into this lab again, um, so, so let's just try, you know, to create this cold pressed oil and see what it is. It's the seed in Brazil with the highest content of protein. So it's really, really magical. It's really beautiful. So we um, adopted this. We identified several trees of the same species. And now we are the only ones across the Brazil who actually have, um, you know, the rights to sell it. That's incredible. So that's one uh, of our, uh, our second ingredient. But again, I mean, should I keep going, guys? So, <laughs> so it, I mean, it's kind of amazing to hear. I don't know anyone else who's gone to the depths um, yes. and this kind of to you know understand the ingredients, and then you know your product is so elegant and simple, but like the story and the color is like really beautiful. Um, you know, up next, I'm really excited to go into more of the business in terms of where you're at today and where sure. you're um, headed next. But before we do that, one of the special rituals we have on our show is snack time, where it's an opportunity for us to break bread. So I'd love to understand Yay. what <laughs> you brought for us and what story you have behind that. Guys, what I just brought... Uh it's a very typical, it's, it's a, uh, a cheese bread, and it's typical from my <laughs> home state. Oh. I come from Minas Gerais, which is a state southwest of Rio. It's in the mountains. And uh, this is something that your mom makes, you know, your aunt makes, and then they, they compete against each other who <laughs> makes the best one. So uh, I'm very lucky. Here oh, we go. that's amazing. Where yeah. did you get it from? Excited. We have some cheese bread. Gosh, lucky us. Uh, so up next, we'll hear more about taking this inspiration and this amazing, you know, fabulous ingredient and how it's turned into the business that is Costa Brazil. Innovation. I'm Denise Dente of Buzz Beauty, and I'm here with Jessica Quick, my business partner. Hey, Jess. Hey, Denise. What are we buzzing about this week? Retail innovation. I was just participating in a clubhouse with beauty founders talking about getting into retail and the excitement of finally being on shelf, and then the dread of having to answer the question, what's coming next from your brand? Oh, that's so tough. All the hard work, energy, and resources to get on shelf, you get so excited, and then to find out you need to keep driving to stay relevant, bring in foot traffic, or to showcase new things. It's definitely daunting for a brand. So I was thinking, are we forgetting promotions? I know it's not true innovation, but it is something. I do like that. Promotions add a sense of excitement to the brand. And definitely noise, uh, which is much easier to execute. So developing a retail activity calendar and putting together even product kits or bundles, special bags, boxes, any of that can be some type of newness. Absolutely. And then using limited edition sizes, or like you're mentioning with that secondary packaging, designing it for the season or what's happening that month could create for the brand that sense of innovation the retailer's looking for, but not take all the resources. Exactly. Those are all great pops on the calendar that are executionable, especially in the early days when you don't have a lot of time or resources. So if you're looking for more ideas on how to make your marketing calendar pop, join us over at BuzzBeauty, B-E-A-U-T-E.com, or drop us a PM on LinkedIn at BuzzBeauty. We would love to hear from you. You've sourced ingredients from the Amazon yourself. So what are you putting the ingredients into? What kinds of products um, did you find that were the best way to deliver them to consumers? Well, I mean, Costa Brazil is really uh, about innovation. 
So um, with the ingredients that we found, you know, we really refined. Of course, we bring them to the U.S. You know, the, the collection line is made in the U.S., uh, it's EcoCert, you know, uh, it's it's a most, mostly organic. Um, it's very substantial, very, very refined. We created two rituals. Of course, the line is is um, it's about lifestyle, um, but we created two rituals which are in the stores right now, which is our skin ritual, which is composed by a face cream. It's an anti-aging formula, which is really, really great packed with the antioxidants, you know, all the vitamins that you need, you know, activates your, your derm in your epiderm because it balances the amount of oil and your dehydration. So it works both ways. It's really incredible. And it's an incre- it's a really, really refined formula. And it's like incomparable. And it has somewhat the healing, healing properties in it. You know, if you have a cut, if you have, you know, if your nails are a little something, you just put it on. And I promise you, in two days, it's done. And it has to do with the Braille, actually. Mm. You know, the many other vitamins. Uh, you know, this is the face oil. We have a body oil, which is really lush, really gorgeous. You know, packed with the same jungle complex that we have. But also, here, many gorgeous butters. You know, which, again, it's really yummy for the, for the skin. Hydrates, leaving you glow. You know, it's almost food. I look at my products as they after a food for the skin. You know, it's not your traditional, you know, um, a beauty brand. You know, it goes deeper. And I think that's the idea here of the brand. And then we have a breed ritual, which are beautiful. Again, uh, a candle, which is a vegan candle. Of course, we're also a vegan brand. Um, and the brew itself. I felt like people needed to, you know, understand what that is. You know, what the real core of the ingredients story is. So we're selling the Braille, which is um, it's an orthodox way of selling a resin because it's like an incense, right? But it's it, it slows you down, you know, like Palo Santo again, you know, slows you down the way you burn it. You don't expect to burn that, you know, a, you know, for a long period of time. You, you buy, you, you break little pieces, you just burn it and just sense your home and it's very peaceful, very, very beautiful. You know, we we are very excited because as a brand, you know, Costa Brazil, you know, we are we are talking about, you know, this large community of happiness, right? Of feeling good, of wellness, you know, and we're very much worried about you feel feeling good and you have actually getting back from what you from what you buy. You know, expected to buy less, but to buy better. Uh and you and we expect also that you know, you, you you understand where it comes from. You know the fineness of the ingredients. You know, understand how how beautiful they are and how really honest they are, how authentic they are, which makes this very very special. Which makes this a a small or slow luxury brand. I, I say that because it takes time for one to understand. Uh, I was asked yesterday. Okay, you talk about slow luxury. That's interesting. But how are you going to scale it? You know, uh, again, we are very lucky that there's so much out there, you know, that could be really sourced in a clean, you know, and decent way. So there was there would never be a shortage of amazing ingredients. So if our jungle complex, you know, because of Kaya, Kaya, for instance, you know, it, 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 it the crop crops once a year. You know, last year we got about 400 kilos, you know, uh, the year before was 480, you know, we don't know next year we'll be, we'll be bringing us. So, you know, we have the potential, we have lined up amazing ingredients that will, you know, take place, you know, you know, with pluses, you know, and not minuses because this is great. But again, going back to the brand, it's lifestyle, you know, the Brazilian lifestyle is so much part of it. You know, and it's really about self-confidence. It's about feeling good about your body. It's about feeling good about yourself. You know, um, sounds a bit, you know, uh, overplayed where I just said, but that's the reality. You know, if you're happy, you know, things change. You know, you're just really, really on top of your game. Yeah. You know? It's interesting. I think all the things you're talking about, it really shows through in the ethos of like the Instagram 
Sure. You know, where it's it just it was really a fresh take sure. in terms of introducing, you know, a brand or like communicating a story. So I think that's really cool. Yes, we like to think that um you know, to buy less is a good thing. To yeah. buy better. You know, I, I think that you should fight like hell to protect the earth, you know. That's mm-hmm. that's a good eat as well. And that's part uh, of like your give back, right? What you do with um the Conservation International. Conservation International. Yeah. In fact, um, that's why we need to become a larger brand. We want to scale. We become, you know, very accessible. You know, now we are, um, you know, prestige. You know, our prices are, you know, priced in such a way that could have been much more expensive. But we decided to make it such a way that's very, very uh, affordable as well. And also very aspiring, you know, to people. Uh, A lot of our followers are, you know, really interesting enough. Um, You know, millennials, which we love. Uh, You know, and and the youth is really, you know, finding us, which I think is very important. So today the brand is the face oil, the body oil, and, the, you know, you, as you describe them, the rituals with these amazing benefits where you have, it's so incredible that you guys have um, the rights to this ingredient, so that makes it really special. Um, where are you sold today? Um, what's the strategy for the business, and where do you see it heading in the future? Well, we are um, about 25 places right now. Mm-hmm. And you just uh, launched. Uh, we just or, launched like, in, September, in December. December. Uh, with Conservation International, we did our first little campaign last last year. Like ten, uh, five days after the campaign, we actually plant, managed to plant six thousand trees into the Amazon, which I'm going to actually see in December. What we did, That's amazing. Uh, we just did one yesterday. Uh, a new campaign on Instagram. Please check it out. Uh, for every picture you take and you tag across the Brazil, we'll be planting another tree. But uh, our um, retail has been tremendous, and our largest part right now is Neta Porte. Mm-hmm. So uh, we really love what the work they're doing. You know, we're supporting them; they're supporting us. You know, our sell tools have been really tremendous, and um, and great plans for um, you know Gallery Lafayette uh, this in September uh, in Europe. We're also going to be in Comme Garçon. Um, in, in many other stores, like on the beauty, you know, all the right places. Again, we have been also, because it's six months, you know, we are, we call ourselves direct consumer, but also retail has become very, just as important. Mm-hmm. You know, we are in a process of uh, reworking our, our website because initially, I think the idea behind the brand is to have this hub of communicators. And uh, and really engaging people to become part of a world, so it's it's more of like a you know a broader strategy that will come with time. So that's how we would like to engage and be known. So I sort of related to what you're saying and how you're you know adjusting things as you've gone along. What have the challenges or the opportunities been going from working? huge, you know, multinational corporations to sort of start to starting your own indie brand from scratch? Has has it been, what are the challenges that you didn't expect or that you've had to sort of work through along the way? I had bigger challenges working at a corporation. (laughs) You know, this is is extraordinary. You Mm -hmm. know, you're on, you wake up so happy about it, you know, you know what you want to go for. You know, I think because we're indie, we're small, you know, we allowed to make mistakes, although we haven't made many. Uh, you know, it's a process of learning. And when you're learning, you're evolving and you're growing. And that's really, really exciting. You know, so the prognostics here are tremendous. You know, we, we are getting so much love from the industry in general you know, and from the retailers as well. I have to say, though, that the biggest challenge by not being, you know, being a designer all my life, a creative director, and not really understanding how, you know, e-com works, you know. I'm very, very, very honest. You know, I thought you put a website there, you put a (laughs) name there, and people jumped in, you know. (laughs) So with your help, Karen... (laughs) You know, I think things uh, will become, you know, much better. But it's, again, it's very interesting. 
you know, how this business have become another business and how that business is another business. So I, um, I feel very energized, you know. Uh, I think there's no stop at the moment, you know, and uh, I'm much happier now in all senses. You know, I, I see that the work is not politicized. You know, I see that there is a, a foundation from everything that I do, a direction from everything that we do, you know, that generate results, you know. And whether the results are right or wrong, I don't think they're right or wrong. Is it the right time or the wrong time? You know, so it's really looking at things, uh, you know, very pragmatically, you know, and making decisions. And that goes back to, you know, a sustainable way of living, a sustainable way of creating a brand in a sustainable way of managing a business, right? Our intentions is really to become a B Corp, you know, at some point a carbon-free company. However, I don't know how we do it, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll dig into it. But uh, in the past, there was so much waste, right? And I think that happens in corporate. You know, there's so much waste. There's so much waste of time. There's so much waste of energy. There's so much waste of, of ideas. And uh, and also we produce so much, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, it's now it's time for questioning, you know. It really is seriously time for questioning all the industries. And that's what, when you ask me what beauty is, you know, what beauty, uh, what beauty seems to be to me, you know, that has to be asked in all businesses, not the beauty industry itself, you know. I mean, it really has to do with the planet. That's where we obtain, that's where we live. And uh, hey, let's let's try it. I'm not perfect, but we try it. So what were, since sustainability is such a big platform for this brand, what were the, what are the first things that you've been doing or the ways that, you know, you've developed the brand with that in mind? Well, after I came back from the trips, especially my second trip, I realized that I did not have the potential to go and source it myself, right? I couldn't deal directly with the communities. I couldn't I mean, deal directly. I mean, because like, how easy condition. would it be to hitchhike all those times? You know, <laughs> like... no, but also to deal. You know, there's so many regulations. Right. You know, it becomes a huge ordeal. That's where Conservation International plays a huge, mm. huge support because they are soldiers. They are on the ground and. Uh, for instance, we have uh, this, this one um, ingredient called cacai. You know, cacai, uh, it's known as the gold in the Amazon, and uh, it's very powerful oil. Uh, a lot of other brands have been using. You know, it's very expensive oil. Of course, we use, in, in, you know, we made a statement of it because it's part of our complex. But um, we were purchasing from one one community, one supplier, and then through Conservation International, we realized there was another community um, on the borders of Colombia, and this community was completely transformed by the the uh, um, by the introduction of cacao as a a serious ingredient that could provide them with businesses and could you know provide them with you know financial support, and so. It's wonderful. So now we buy from them. You know, it's a, it's a community which once was you know dealing with coke and pot. I don't know what else they they were doing there. You know, very very confusing. You know, difficult situation. Today is they live in peace. They have their businesses. That's you amazing. know, and uh, and that's the importance of having you know a uh, organization of that sort. You know, working with you. You know, so. Uh, uh, going back to the sustainability, that was like our first thing. How can we grow together with somebody who can actually give us the support? Uh, the second thing is packaging, right? I mean, I debate with packaging all the time. I love packaging, mm-hmm. but I can't. It's just enough. It makes me sick after a day of work or two days of work. You, your trash bin is like filled with stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So we have to really start to realize that something has to change, you know? And... Um, when I created my packaging, it was really based in beauty and slickness, sharpness, you know, uh, somewhat something that will last forever, which is all good because it's sustainable, right? You, you know, you want one of my cans, you want to replant them, you want to use them for some things, for other things because they're just beautiful objects. But uh, I hope that in the very near future, I'll become more modern when it com- comes to packaging. 
you know, uh, we'll innovate there as well. So thank you so much for sharing. It's so interesting to hear the creative process, how you're thinking differently about, you know, designing the brand, the, you know, the packaging, but also even thinking about the ethos of your company and redesigning how you guys work, right? How you think about less waste. It's really cool. Um, so uh, up next, we'll get to know um, Francisco at a much deeper level personally, where we get to hit the pan and ask personal questions. Have you taken a look at StoryDot yet? Every brand and every product has a story to tell. And you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story. StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at StoryDot at StoryDot.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com. And now it's hitting the pan. So now we're going to hit the pan with Francisco. And to decide who gets to ask the question first, I'm going to take a spin at the salon chair. And it lands on April. All right. So, Francisco, you talked about beautiful objects and how important they are in your life and in your design and inspiration for your new brand. What is your most prized object of beauty that you own? Wow. You can take a minute to think about it. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a very good question, a very difficult question because it's so easy. Um, you know, I, I like everything that I own. I don't have much. I'm a minimalist. I'm a reductionist. So I flip around objects all the time in my house because every time I see one in a different angle, it's something different. So And I look at them differently because also somewhat – it changed the French way. If you believe in French way, it changed the French way of the room. Mm. It's fascinating. So I'm very busy changing things around all the time. But the most uh, beautiful, praised object I have, um, well, I think the most amazing object that I have, I have a cardigan from my mom. And uh, I just carry that everywhere, you know. And it was like a very basic, you know, five-button cardigan that after she passed away, I just kept it. So, mm. oh, I love that. I know it doesn't have to be a fancy. It sometimes Sorry, it's just divert the beauty. No, yeah. I love yeah, it. No, I love that is a beautiful that's thing. Simple, but that's really beautiful. It has yeah. meaning to you. Yeah, that's really cool. So the salon chair is spinning again. Just pushed it a little bit, <laughs> a little bit harder, um, and it lands on me. Um, so Francisco, I mean, wow, it was like kind of amazing hearing you talk about and like sharing your journey and hitchhiking, um, <laughs> through the Amazon. It sounds like such a transformational experience. Um, coming back from that trip personally, have you developed any rituals or anything that you took away that's changed, you know, kind of how you live your life? No. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's honest. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, my rituals and my rituals are very, very, very basic. You know, when it comes from the way I wake up and the way, you know, you know, I wash myself. You know, I don't take baths, but I mean, I brush myself with, you know, like dry, dry brushes, brush. yeah. which I love. Salt is fundamental on my, on my on my life. I love scrub myself with pure salt because, I mean, detoxify and also... You know, makes me the, my pH balanced. Mm -hmm. um, um, I don't know. I think my rituals is just like maybe because you're getting older, you're getting less stressed out about things. You know, you're taking a different perspective. Although I'm very fast and I'm always running, you know, um, I accepted the I, oh, it's okay. You know, uh, I don't find anything to be a problem. Mm -hmm. I think that helped me. I think that helped because what I lived prior, 
you know, especially in the last 14 years at a corporation, you know, they just squeezed me to death, you know. So I think coming back, you know, that sort of three hours crying was like really liberating. And my rituals of life, my mental rituals have changed that it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. It's all good. That's nice. I love it. Makes me want to go on a journey into the Amazon. No, truly. It's just, <laughs> it says, wow. Yeah. It was like, wow. Yeah. So it's more, it's less the ritual, physical rituals and more of the mental rituals. That have I think changed. it's a mental ritual. So does there any, um, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Well, I have to say, I have to be, uh, I have to uh, give a compliment to my dear friend and partner, Michelle Levy. Because um, though with all those great trips, you know, and really starting the brand, I mean, she really uh, made the whole thing come to life for me, you know. And I'm very happy because she's so dynamic. She's so hardworking. She's so smart, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I, uh, I dedicate this podcast to her. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch? Uh, I think the best way to get in touch really is through our uh, our Instagram at Costa Brazil. Uh, our website also is really wonderful because it's very different than a beauty uh, your regular beauty uh, website. So uh, you know, take a look at it. Uh, and yes, uh, cool. What else? Well, thank you, Francisco, for sharing your vision, your story, and we're so excited to see what comes next. I mean, this is just the beginning of a much bigger, you know, mission. And, um, you know, I I think we should all go and hashtag someone so we can plant more trees. Well, that's very (laughs) important. I really encourage you guys to do that because, and there's no limit, you know, the more hashtags we get, the more involved we will get. And uh, and very soon we're going to see the results. Mm-hmm. You know, in another podcast, I'll tell you exactly how the process is done, you know, through CI. You know, we have delegates uh, working with us. And there's so many different ways also which we are learning. It's not, I imagine that we just pluck a tree in the ground. There's so many different interesting new techniques in which they do that. And also interesting to see which areas mm-hmm. are the areas that have been chosen to get the support. So uh, seriously, plant a tree. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for um, taking the time to share with us today. Pleasure to have. And thank you, April, for being such an amazing co-host. Thank you, Karen. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Beauty is Your Business. Um, We look forward to seeing you on the next show. Hugs and kisses. This has been Beauty is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.